Hello, Faith Community. I hope that you're enjoying reading through the Bible with us. We're reading through the New Testament in a year, and we've been on the book of Romans. Today we're in chapter 10, and I hope that as you've read through the book of Romans, you've noticed some themes. Have you noticed common themes in the book? Have you noticed that Paul is addressing specific issues? Well, you might not have noticed this. The whole book of Romans is introduced in chapter 1, verse 16. Do you remember what Paul says in Romans 1.16? He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul's message in Romans is that it's the power of God that saves us. He's talking about this message that he's not ashamed to share. But what I want you to notice is at the end of Romans 1.16, he says, To the Jew first and also to the Greek. In the next several chapters, he's addressed that issue. What does it mean the Jew first and also to the Greek? You've seen that theme. Hopefully, you've begun to understand God's heart for his chosen people. Well, what Paul's going to do now is in Romans 10 is he's going to talk about his heart for God's chosen people. He says this, Romans 10.1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What was Paul's heart towards Israel? His desire, his passion was for their salvation. He wanted them to hear the gospel and get saved. He wanted them to believe in Jesus. But then he presents here their problem. What was the problem with Israel? Two problems that he identifies. First is they had zeal without knowledge. They had passion for God, but they didn't have knowledge of God. This is what Jesus indicts them with when he says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but they are those that speak of me. You're supposed to be getting to know me. They didn't know God. They didn't recognize Jesus. They had all this zeal and passion, but no relationship. It's so important that you know God. Their, their second problem is they sought to establish a righteousness on their own. They tried to be righteous in their own strength. Righteousness without reliance. We cannot do what is right ever in our own strength. We always need the Holy Spirit to give us the power to do what's right. Now, what's the problem with trying to be righteous on your own? In Romans 10.5, it says this, For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. What Moses is explaining, as Paul quotes him here, is that if you're going to try to be righteous, you have to base, if you're going to try to be righteous by the law, you have to base all of your righteousness on the law. You can't just do 1% and let God do 99%. God either does all or you are responsible to live the entire law perfectly on your own. And here's the thing. Here's what we've seen in the book of Romans. None of us measures up. All of us fall short. And if you fall short in one place, you're condemned. You cannot keep the law perfectly. If you're going to try to be righteous by keeping the law, you have to do, you have to live your entire life by it and nobody can do it. And so what does Paul say? He talks about the righteousness that's not from the law, but the righteousness that's from faith. And this is a huge theme in Romans. You have to understand this. He's been talking about it, building all the way through that we're justified by faith. 
not through our works, but by faith. And he talks about the righteousness of faith in Romans 10, 6. He says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So he first explains what the righteousness of faith is not saying. The righteousness of faith is not saying that I can ascend into heaven or I can descend into the abyss. I can't bring Christ up from the dead. I can't do that. And because I can't do that, I can't save myself. So how am I saved? That's why we have Romans 10, 8. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That what? If we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You confess Jesus as Lord, and you know what? He transforms you. You believe in your heart, and he, in, he changes you from the inside out. So now you do what you're supposed to do. You live out that righteousness as you walk in the Spirit, as you walk in dependence upon him, because he has transformed you through a heart of belief. This is the righteousness of faith, not the righteousness of the law. It's righteousness that comes through reliance upon him and not myself. I can't save myself. I can't do what's right on my own by myself. But when I walk in reliance upon him, his righteousness comes through my life. Now, Paul begins to focus here on the importance of preaching. Have you ever thought about why preaching is so important? He says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So important you understand that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. You don't need to attain something first. All you need to do is cry out to Jesus for salvation. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So then, this is verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need to understand this. The reason the proclamation of the gospel is so important is because people get saved when they hear the good news about Jesus. People get saved when they hear God's word. This is why we all have a responsibility to be proclaiming it, to be letting it come from our lips, to be aiding and helping those who are on the front lines of the gospel, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom to those who've never heard it. Every single one of us has this responsibility. It's Jesus' commission that he gave us before he left. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every single one of us, no matter what our gifting, has that as our holy task while we're here on earth to proclaim the good news. And the good news is simply this. If you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. That's all you need to tell people, and it can change their life today. It's through faith that we're saved, and faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, Israel had the word of God. 
Israel was entrusted with the oracles. You saw that earlier in the book. So then why did they not believe? Paul answers that question at the end of the chapter. He says this, but I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. And to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So what he says is Israel had the words of God, but what did they do? They hardened their heart to it. They refused to listen to it. They were stubborn and they were rebellious, a disobedient and contrary people. So what is God going to do? God's going to bring them back to him through jealousy. He says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. That's us. That's the church. That's all the Gentiles all over the face of the earth who are saved. We have what Israel needs, and eventually they'll see that, and they'll come back. But right now, they're hard-hearted, and they refuse to find God in his word and come to know him through the righteousness that comes by faith, not by the law. Thank you so much for listening today.